sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, and welcome to Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk three days a week as we are fully ensconced in the offseason. But you know what? As we record this, we're about two and a half, three hours away from the NFL draft, which, you know what, kind of, sort of. Feels like real sports actually happening, doesn't it? Well, until the thing actually gets underway, right? Then we're going to have all the, hopeful, hopefully there'll be some funny technological snafus and all that sort of thing. But, you know, I do want to talk about the draft here. I do want to talk about the NFL draft regarding Mizzou football specifically. I want to tell you what I think about Albert O, Jordan Elliott, G- Kale Garrett, Demarcus Acey, Yasir Durant, Tristan Colon Castillo, and also we'll, we'll also have to finish up with some Mizzou hoops talk. As depressing, frankly, as that topic has become in my mind, well, they at least nabbed a player. We did get a commitment earlier today, but you know what? Let's let's really st- let's talk about the most timely thing, shall we? Which is what I like to do in the first segment. Let's talk about the NFL draft, and you know I've seen a lot of people making jokes hoping for a lot of snafus technologically. And you know what? I'm hoping for the same. I'm hoping for some humorous, entertaining moments here because, boy, we are sure hoping for some kind of sports-related entertainment lately that is not from the past, right? And I will just say, while there should be some funny moments, I wouldn't exactly expect this to have a huge impact as far as technology making anybody miss a pick, anything like that. I think the NFL has taken enough safeguards here with backup cell phone numbers and the ability to actually pause the draft that, listen, if you're a fan of a terribly run franchise, well, you should always be nervous if that's the case, but don't be any more nervous than usual. And quite honestly, as a Chiefs fan, I feel pretty good with 30-something Brett Veach in charge of the reins, that's for darn sure. Honestly, this is the first time in a few years that I've that I'm actually planning on watching the draft live because quite honestly, while I understand the money reasons to move the draft to prime time, to move it to Thursday and then spread it out to Friday and then Saturday to to finish it off. For me personally as a sports fan, I always found the draft much better when it started off on a Saturday morning. I I liked seeing it then because guess what? There was nothing else on on a Saturday morning unless you're into cartoons, I guess, or, you know, not even, you know, the Sunday news shows don't even factor in on Saturday mornings. There's nothing happening then. There's no competition. So I love the draft for that very reason. It was a fun thing to have on TV. But now that it's in prime time, on Thursday nights, well, quite honestly, sometimes I'm going out on Thursday night, maybe going out to dinner with my wife or playing softball in the past, whatever it might be. I didn't even see Patrick Mahomes get drafted. That trade, that whole deal, that was news to me an hour or two after the thing happened. But the Saturday morning thing, man, I was into it back then. And I honestly think the NFL may have shot itself in the foot a little bit long-term, although you know the, the ratings are what they are. Heck, maybe I'm just 
spitting in the wind here. But honestly, I think the ratings would be just as good on a Saturday morning. So I don't know. Does everything have to be in prime time? I guess I'm 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 vamping here a little bit. So let's turn the topic actually to to something I think that I have a pretty decent handle on, which is quarterbacks. And I'll tell you, you know, everybody seems to agree that Joe Burrow is the top prospect in this draft, and and I would take him number one as well, certainly in terms of quarterbacks. Now, we can argue, honestly, Chase Young, in my opinion, is the safest guy in the draft. I just don't see any scenario in which he isn't a multi-time All-Pro. I really don't. That's, That's just my somewhat layman's opinion of Chase Young because quite frankly defensive ends the subtleties of that not not exactly my expertise but Chase Young he's not a subtle guy he's just a freak athlete just a a superstar in the making he just jumps off the film at you well to me the most interesting guy in the draft is actually Tua Tugaviola and the reason for that is obviously health because to me Tua if there's anything that Tua does wrong as a football player, it's that he holds the ball too long. And to me, that's sort of like the guy in basketball who's maybe too confident. He like wants to shoot the ball too much. See, I always feel like I'm, I'm better off with the guy who's too confident versus the guy who's scared. And subsequently, I, I'm much more at the quarterback position, I'm much more apt to roll with the guy who holds the ball too long versus the guy who wants to bail out and get rid of the ball and is afraid of contact. See, I love that Tua actually hangs in there and looks for things to happen downfield. That shows confidence in his receivers, number one, which is obviously well-earned considering two or three of them are going to go in the first round, right? But it's interesting. You know, I thought Rex Ryan, who kind of – spouts off on ESPN a lot. Sometimes I take his opinions with a grain of salt, but I, I did think he made a fairly valid point which said, which when he said that if you get hurt playing college football, you're probably going to get hurt in the pros too. But having said that, I got to be honest, Stefania Bell, who also works for ESPN, by the way, she's been somebody I followed for years in the fantasy world especially football, but also baseball and basketball, too, back when I played those two games. You know, Stefania, her analysis, she's a physical therapist, has multiple degrees, including from the University of Kansas. Sorry, it's true, but still, Stefania, a really intelligent person. And, you know, the things that she analyzed and described when looking at the independent viewer, doctor of Tug of Viola's medical history, his x-rays, his MRIs, all that stuff. It all sounded pretty encouraging to me. So I, basically, long way, long story short, I trust Stefania. I think she has really good analysis. And frankly, if she is bullish on Tua Tug of Viola and his health, most importantly in this case, then I'm bullish on him as well because I think his talent is is pretty obvious. Really, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a team 
there may be a team that comes out of nowhere that trades up to that number five spot. I could see it happening because it doesn't totally seem to me that Miami, just reading the tea leaves, is completely sold or in love with Tua. So to me, that's the most interesting spot in the draft. Well, enough with Tua, am I right? We need some very more specific Mizzou talk on this show. So coming up after the break, I want to tell you guys about Alberto, Jordan Elliott, Kale Garrett, Demarcus Acey, Yasir Durant, and Tristan Colon-Castillo. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So one of the more interesting questions if you're viewing this draft as a Mizzou fan is whether or not Albert Okue Bunam or Jordan Elliott will be the first guy off the board. And well, I'm not sure I have a great prediction there. You know, a lot of things are up in the air this season. Perhaps groupthink in the NFL will be a little bit light compared to previous years since all these guys aren't getting together necessarily in the same room and either confirming or refuting long-held opinions. But honestly, if I were an NFL team, regardless of need, I think Jordan Elliott is the best Mizzou prospect. I would definitely take him over Albert O. And here's why. I'll be completely honest. While I spent my first segment trying to convince you that I'm some sort of QB whisperer, to be perfectly honest, again, the Subtleties of defensive line play, offensive line play, definitely not my specialty as an analyst. But I'll just say Jordan Elliott, anytime I see an interior lineman who pops off the page, especially in terms of pass rush, that's somebody who has my interest for sure. Now, again, you'll see some evaluations that will critique certain bits of his technique like oh he gets a little too upright or doesn't get enough leverage whatever it might be to me those are things you can correct right I I just think he's an athlete that's what I think he is he's a disruptive player now Albert O on the other hand while he certainly has made a lot of big plays in his Mizzou career he's been a really good tiger obviously last year wasn't his best And speaking of guys who get injured a lot, well, I hate to say it, we were just talking about Tua, Alberto is right there with him. In fact, he has much more injury concerns, in my opinion, than Tua, despite that scary hip injury that that Tua had. Because Alberto has actually missed a lot of time, significant amounts of time in his Mizzou career. That's my biggest concern with him, but also, quite honestly, I don't think it's clear to me that he is a great player in separation. Now, he's really fast in a straight line. We learned that from the NFL Combine. And frankly, you saw it if you were a Mizzou fan. You know if he catches the ball, he can run with it. No doubt about that. He can make big plays. We've seen that multiple times. But what we didn't see 
is frankly, well, after he ran that really good 40 time that no doubt improved his stock, all things being equal, well, he then shut it down the rest of the combine from what I could see and didn't do any of the shuttle drills, three cone, whatever it might be, the types of drills and evaluations that can let you know if the guy is good in space. And I just don't see a lot of evidence that Albert is good in space. I just don't think that he sep- is going to be able to separate from coverage in- at the NFL level. Now, can he go jump up in the air and high point the ball? Yeah, he can. He can jump up and get that ball in the red zone occasionally if you if you love a fade pattern, which frankly, I don't in the NFL. Honestly, it sounds like, based on what I'm saying, it almost sounds like the later versions that we saw of Jimmy Graham in Green Bay where he basically didn't separate from coverage, but he was still tall enough, good enough leaper that he could out-jump people for balls in the red zone occasionally, but still, ultimately, not sure how valuable that really is. Now, when it comes to the rest of these guys, first of all, I'll start with DeMarcus AC. You know, you actually saw him as a first-round pick in a Sports Illustrated mock draft months and months and months ago, and I remember going, okay, let's maybe pump the brakes a little bit on that. However, I also was one of the his biggest defenders when people essentially blamed him in 2018 for losing the Liberty Bowl against Oklahoma State. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that DeMarcus Acey had a great game there, not to rehash this again, but he was in position a lot. He wasn't that far off. It wasn't though he was just being burnt like grandma's toast over and over and over again. So... You know, it's weird. His his perception among Missouri fans is, to me, just completely skewed in one way or another. To me, the reality is, is he was a solid but, you know, not perfect player by any stretch of the imagination. And honestly, I think he'll get drafted just by the little I've seen from what I from what I analyzed, just watching just his side of the play at times from from my seat 60 yards up. I still like AC as a guy to get drafted. Now, Kale Garrett, on the other hand, I do not think he's going to get drafted. I think he's going to have to go the undrafted free agent route. However, I think once you get that kid in a camp, if somebody takes him, somebody really believes in him, and well, guess what? If you're an undrafted free agent, you kind of are it's not you're not the pick of the litter but what what am I trying to say if if somebody's taking you as a free agent then they do have some sort of belief in you belief in you there's a starting point to where all right let's see what this kid has we think he'll fit into a specific system and I think often in life Happiness is a function of realistic expectations and if you have realistic expectations for Kale Garrett If you think that he's going to be a run-stuffing linebacker, I think you're going to be really happy with what you get. Now, if you think he's going to run all over the field and cover the elite tight ends of the league, well, that's not going to happen. So, to me, Cale Garrett is a guy who has a chance to make an NFL roster, especially if he can contribute on special teams. I think he's got as good of a chance as anybody as an undrafted free agent. Finally, I do think Yasir Durant certainly has a chance to get drafted as well. Again, like most of you, I'm not 
an expert on offensive line play and I don't spend my life reviewing specific linemen and their technique and their film. But, you know, Duran is just a guy who consistently graded out well by people who do know this stuff. And, again, if you're an offensive lineman, it's sort of like the the long snapper at times, especially at the left tackle, the right tackle. If those guys are getting beat constantly, you notice them. But if they're not getting beat, then that's actually probably a sign that they're doing their job. And I always felt that way about Yasir Duran. So on the other hand, though, I'm really am still surprised that Tristan Colon Castillo left early because, well, honestly, I just didn't see great play from the interior of the Missouri line in general. I didn't see him or any of the interior line, frankly, moving the pile on running plays as much as clearly the offensive staff expected based on their play calling. So if Castillo got picked, I'd be stunned. I really would. I don't say that to be insulting, but that's just my honest opinion. So basically, there's your evaluation of the entire Missouri football potential NFL draft class. You know what? Coming up next, we got to talk about the newest addition of the Missouri basketball team and the state of the program in general. I have to give some credit to Peter Ball from The Athletic. He was the only guy that I saw, especially early on, who said, keep an eye on Ed Chang, who's kind of a combo forward, stretch four, if you will. Originally was a part of the San Diego State program. Well, he's now the newest member of the Missouri Tigers. Now, on one hand, while Chang, obviously San Diego State's a good program, Didn't do a whole lot there as a freshman. Ends up transferring to Salt Lake City Community College. Only averaged 16 minutes a game. The good news is is he does seem like a good good three-point shooter, at least based on these numbers. The majority of his shots were from behind the line. He shot 41%, which is obviously a good number. But on the other hand, it is junior college. We do have to take this with a grain of salt, but you know what? Any six foot eight shooter, I'm going to kind of gravitate toward just because of my own personal bias. On the other hand, his other reported offers were from coastal Carolina, SIU Edwardsville, Cal Poly and Eastern Michigan. That is not exactly the most impressive offer list I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, now this guy, Ed Chang, and Jordan Wilmore, a seven foot three prospect who, quite frankly, not going to be ready to play, at least in a significant contributor role this fall, this winter, by any stretch of the imagination, in my humble opinion. So, yeah, once again, this recruiting class is woo, a little bit lacking so far. Let's put it that way. Once again, it's somewhat understandable, if not really, really deeply disappointing that Missouri would miss out on Cameron Cameron Fletcher, Caleb Love, and Josh Christopher, their obvious big three targets. But to have no viable backup plan where you're getting, you know, four-star, maybe high three-star type guys who 
get you a little bit excited, guys who you think can definitely be SEC contributors anyway. Boy, this is just getting rough. It's getting really rough for the Conzo Martin era right now if you're a supporter of his. And unfortunately, I don't have a lot of good news if you're a Missouri basketball fan beyond that. But you know what? But the good news is the NFL draft will be happening tonight. And if you're more of an NBA draft guy, well, of course, you got to check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, our latest edition to the Locked On Podcasting Network. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.